was a bright sunshiny day We went on all the rides and then we died We went in the fun house, Charles Manson was there He was our guide and then we died Hello everyone and welcome to Indie Comic Spotlights Presents Crash Course Comics This is a new series, you're here at the beginning, you've read the title You're like, I've never heard of that comic book Right. That's exactly the idea. So the plan of this show is that myself and one of my oldest friends, Keith, are we're going to subject one of our newest friends, Paul, to a comic that we read when we were younger to determine if it's any good. Um, and so we feel like who better than to give us the cleanest, most uh, honest most fresh-eyed view than the Super Dummy himself. So this is going to be very exciting. So it's like where Indie Comic Spotlight and Super Dummy meet Crash Course Comics. So Obviously, I mentioned the two the two folks. Heath, how are you, my friend? How are things out Hi. in the mountains? It's nice and sunny here. It's great. It's I great. It. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, and on the other yeah. side of the world, where it's probably not sunny. No, it's sunny here as well. Yes, super dummy. Yeah, how are you, friend? Good I'm to see doing you. Very good. Yeah, it is sunny here as well. This week has been a nice, warm one. So yeah, we're uh, we're all enjoying the sun. Nice, fantastic. So. Well, that's good. And it's Florida, so it's always hot as balls. So, um, <laughs> hooray. So, this idea came about for this show is that Paul and I were talking. Heath, Heath and I are almost done with Sin City, and we're like, what are we going to do next? We've got all these different ideas. And and Paul and I talk all the time on Discord, you know, in our private Discord messages. It's like, we got to do something. We got to, you know, because you know, he's the super dummy. What can we do? What's the place that we can all meet? And Heath, after he did his Era of Geek episode, was like, oh, we got to do more stuff with Paul. I'm like, for sure, because he's he's delightful and everybody loves him. So here we are. So now it's been years, but we're finally here settling on this idea. So the idea is maybe be like every other month, just because of scheduling, we'll do this. And if, it, if it's something that we can get into a good rhythm and we can schedule, but schedules are hard because as you heard, one person is in the mountain time zone and one person is in GMT and I'm in the Eastern time zone. And that is a big gap. So trying to find 45 minutes. So these shows are going to be tight too, because we always have just a tight window of like, we've got 45 minutes. Let's get together and talk about a crazy bananas comic. So the first one up is a comic book that I'm going to assume, Paul, you and no one else in the universe has ever heard of death crazed teenage superheroes. You would be correct. Yes. Um, what year were you born, Paul? Um, 87. Okay, so this came out when you were <laughs> negative one. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's fantastic. That makes it that makes it even better because one of the one of the books we're definitely going to do on here is Mike Barron's Badger at some point, right? Heath, we're going to make we're going to inflict the Badger on him. Yeah, and Mike Barron lives in down the road in Fort Collins. He's going to be at a con in the Colorado Springs. Oh, like, end of this month. Are you going to go right? And be like, remember that time I met oh, you in man. Chicago and you were on all the cocaine. <laughs> I don't think politically I could. Oh, you probably say, okay. <laughs> Unless no, it would right. be like a meeting of the two sides. I he mean. has definitely gone the other way. That is that is true. So this is oh. a comic book written and drawn by a guy called Jim Erskine, who is uh, an Ohio native who still lives in Ohio. But this is published from Arf Arf Comics. Arf Arf Comics. Great name. It's out of Bowling Green. Wow, my initials spell Arf. So that's exciting. Um. 
this is a comic book that I did. We, I find it and give it to you, Heath, or did you find it and give it no, to me? You told me about this, so I okay. don't know how you found this. So this is what I'm. What's killing me is I'm like, how the, did you find this comic? Okay, should so we, wait. Should we give a background of the time period that this came out? Yes. Yes. Okay. So so 1984, uh, Eastman and Laird come out, borrow ten thousand dollars from a relative. They start um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it's huge. And it starts this black and white grassroots do-it-yourself publishing throughout all the comic shops. Because back then there were three times as many comic shops and before they all closed. So this is a take on that. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I don't know how much you know about them, but they are kind of a play on Frank Miller's Daredevil. It all goes back to Frank. And the like the Foot Clan is based on the, the, the hand. They just use a different part of the body, and yep. so, so basically, it, it's we got a whole bunch of knockoffs, like the adolescent black belt, hamsters. which I've covered, and I've even interviewed Don Chin on the show. Which My was, favorite was one thrill. was the the mean gene, dirty green. Oh, what were they called? It was something the mean gene, dirty green gophers or something. It was like <laughs> put all these words together, and people were gonna. And they buy had them. the think, kangaroos, and they had the wallaby. Yeah. They were the wallabies too. So yeah. death yeah, crazy yeah. teenage superheroes. If you put a bunch of commas in there, it's basically along the. It, it's it's a, a far removed, basically redheaded step cousin of of the teenage mutant ninja turtles. And no offense so to the ginger like, on our screen. No, no gingers. We love them. No offense. <laughs> no offense to the gingers yeah. in the world. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 definitely in the. Uh, <laughs> it only lasted two issues, right? That there aren't yes, any more. That is correct. We and I own them both. Um, and no, I've owned these. Now these are not the original copies that I owned, uh, but those definitely were part of my fire sale that year that we lived in Albion and I sold all my comics member to pay rent. We were definitely yeah. selling comics to pay rent, but um, I I have them again. Um, I how did you how did you stumble upon? I think it was at Joe's. I think it was at the comic shop. And uh, so we would go, Paul, our comic shop was called Collector's Cove. And yes, it, it was. was it was in Benton Harbor, Michigan, and it was nowhere near where we lived. We had to, like, drive 25 minutes to get there. And it was, like, literally down – like, it was an old house that she turned into a yeah. comic shop. So it was, like, back before that was a thing. Now, everywhere – like, Heath and I actually lived in a storefront, a converted storefront that was turned into an apartment. It's true. Like, right. people thought we were a store. And sometimes people thought we sold pot. It's taxi service now. Yeah, is it? Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, we weren't a store, nor did we and, sell and I had to play, I had to just play the, the, the fucking, you know, bare naked ladies. This old apartment as yeah. I'm driving by. <laughs> Broke so, into the old apartment. Yep, where somebody <laughs> thought we were selling pot. And we had a bird. It was a mess. Anyway, so um, comic shops mm. used to be like that. Like, they, you know, they were like just little kind of gorilla things. And so Joe and her son had a series of comic shops around the state of Michigan, but it started with the one in Benton Harbor and she was the best and she just had weird shit. And I just think this is one of those ones. My guess is I never asked her, but my guess is that Jim probably came and like knocked on her door and was like, you want to buy these? And that she just sold them, you know, because when you look at the back of the letters page in book two, which I included in the, yeah. the versions I sent to you guys, like all around, like letters from Anchorage, like these books yeah. made it out into well, the you world. To, oh, yeah. So back then they had, as far as comic book publishing, you had like at least two distributors, maybe three. And then the early 90s, what really hurt comics, well, they had a bunch of speculator stuff. So it was like 
scratch and sniff covers and plastic sealed 3D. covers and, and 3D. The, yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, it, 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 it stuff that had lenticular covers, you know, Robin covers that you could, it, it was, it was insane. And uh, then the bottom fell out of the market at shortly in the mid nineties, Marvel declared bankruptcy, which just seems insane these days. And uh, they would, but the biggest thing was that they went to one distributor for all of comics. I'm into and then, and then Marvel decided, oh, we're going to be our own distributor, and you know, that's the mass chaos of the late '90s. But, but back then there were, you know, like in our little shitty hometown, we had, I want to say, we had at least two racks of comics, two spinner racks. No, I think we had three. At one point, we had three spinner racks of comic books, of all different comic books in our small shitty ass town. Like in just at a, a drugstore and like a, two drugstores and a grocery store. Mm -hmm. So that if you think about a spinner rack has like what 10, 20 comics on it. And they, mm -hmm. So 60 different comics we could choose from without even leaving our town. But that was just the stuff that came, you know, two months later, a month, whatever it was that the, 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 the lead time you had in from comic shops. So, yeah, so that, that was what comic books were like in, in the 80s and 90s, you know, before the digital age where you just go, oop, I want this. Yeah, but. and this doesn't exist anywhere. Like, these only exist, these have not been digitized, which is, I mean. Where did you find those um, that you I, have? My comic shop, myComicShop.com. How much did you, huh. how much were they? Uh, 250 each. And the cover nice. price on them was 150 in 1986. So I feel so, like that's a pretty good deal. We used yeah. to hang out with this, this guy Chalmers, and uh, I don't know if it, it was probably both of us because, you know, Tone was usually like, hey, get these two. And uh, I'll, I always call, I'm going to call him Tone. So that's it's what just he like calls me. Yeah. Paul's like, 30 that year, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a 30 year habit. I can't yeah. break. You guys are like, Chalmers' Tony, name was also Tony. Tony, by the way. Yeah. So that's so kind of the difference. We called him Chalmers. Tony. Instead of like Tony, Tony, yeah. it was Tone and Chalmers, which, yeah. okay. So that's it. But Tone would, Tone would be like, hey, get this comic. It's awesome. And we're like, okay. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we went to Joe's because she had these long back issues that took up a whole room. And then you had to go kind of around them. And then underneath were these like, that literally like independent comics that had been there for 20 years. So yeah, there were, there were at least three copies of both. I don't, I don't remember being too hard to find. Yeah. But then, and, then, and uh, there's still like, I still was able to find them. So when we started this idea, he was like, Oh, we got to do death crazy. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I actually know how to get those. And so, um, <laughs> That yeah, is, I, hadn't that read, is, I hadn't read these in, in 30 years, so it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. It, it, it was Not, a lot no pun of, intended. Yeah, well, we, we'll, we'll, uh, yeah. So, Paul, that's the story of independent <laughs> comics from the 80s, the yeah. year before you were born, is how this was born, <laughs> these, these comics. You could watch um, Full House and read this yeah. comic. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That's all you had. You had Full House and you had this and you had, no. Um, so yeah, so it is true that independent comics um, were like we. That's what we saw. Gren, that's what we saw. Grendel, the Warner Brothers, uh, uh, Wagner Brothers. Grendel was there at the at Joe's shop under in those boxes here. So there's all kinds of like cool shit. So that's how I got Baker Street. Yeah. Right, Guy Davis. It was just mm. it was a Michigan company. We'll definitely do that caliber. Mm. We'll do yeah. Baker Street at one point. Paul, <laughs> wait till you read Baker Street. It takes place in London, written by a guy from Detroit. You're like sure. <laughs> It's it's yeah, a nineteen what is it nineteen seventies punk uh, it's a nineteen seventies punk Sherlock Holmes story. Nice. It's it's awesome. It's, it's so it's, so it's like special. so it's like takes on all these uh, different yeah it's it's yeah. really so cool. we're adding that to the list right now. That's going to be I know that that's coming, my friend. So okay. anyway, so this is new to you, Paul. 
What did you? What was your gut reaction of the superheroes? What did you think of Jim's art style? I know it's these are just bad copies that I some. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What, what's oh. uh, Paul? What's your uh, comic origin story? This isn't the first comic you've read, is it? It's like God, I hope not. Oh no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was a kid of um, the Beano over here and all that sort of stuff, sort of comic strips. Um, so yeah, it, my youth was filled with um, filled with comics, and then I kind of drifted out of it as uh, as I went into um, to later years of school, um, and then yeah, recently because of this crazy lot, got back into it. Did you did you uh, have something that did you like two thousand AD kid or were you? more of a no. yeah i'd never got exposed to 2000 ad back, at, oh. back in the day um which is a bit of a shame yeah none of my friends were really into comics or or anything so it was yeah it was uh an old habit that i would get the beano from the news agents and read that that was my well i would go swimming because i always had swimming lessons on a wednesday and you had to put money in the machine to in the lockers and then the money that came out of the lockers that was the money that i to the uh the beano <laughs> nice nice because oh, you get the, the lockers are just rentals you put the money in yeah. Yeah, you turn the, the money key, in, they you gave the you key. the money back when you lock it back when you put the key back in and take your stuff out the money comes out and your parents were like fine go buy comics yeah basically that was my pocket money and that, <laughs> and uh yeah go to the news agent buy the latest comic no which was always the beano because that was what i read um, yeah, which we don't agents. really read. We've never, I've never read. I mean, every one of you, all of you folks, have all said the Beano and the Dandy, and I've still not sat down to read them. What is, I, I, I don't know what that is. What is Beano? It's it's basically like a kid's. Uh, it's full of shorts. It's a bit like Archie. It's um, it's got lots of diff, different stories in it. They'll all be a couple of pages long, and you get the same cast of characters every every time. Um, but it, se- and- it seems like that over here, though, too, because I remember reading Archie's and like stuff like that, and I don't even count it because it's like <laughs> until I found like Marvel comics, you know, it's like I met a friend in elementary school and I'm like 10, and he's like, Oh, have you read comics? I'm like, Yeah, everybody's read a comic. And then he gives me like, you know, the Hulk, and it's like the 80s again in Marvel in that time, the 80s were just, I was in the golden age of like Claremont's X Men and. Uh, oh my god it was stern's avengers and simonson's on thor like stuff that's this legendary i was coming into comics and it was awesome that was a marvel marvel kid totally and tone was the opposite he was at the same time he's like absorbing all this pre-crisis stuff so lots of our conversations when we we were becoming friends it's it's like i'm like dude what what the fuck's with the three different robins what what the hell is this (laughs) he was like my who's who he's like well you see here and it's like just hours of driving around just talking about all this and i and i loved it i mean when i when i got into dc it was like to me it was like peeling away an onion and then years later i realized they just swallowed up other companies so like this company arf arf could have been swallowed up in dc we could have had death teenage superheroes meet you know shazam was like that too like they sued the hell out of shazam and then just bought it like like it's it's the 80s were a great time to 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 just absorb the comics that were coming in America. And I've heard stories that like at the same time over in England, it was, it was incredibly hard to get those American comics. So that might be a lot of reasons why you haven't, you weren't exposed to it. Cause they're just, it was like ballast on boats. And then, you know, until that distribution changed, it's like, 
yeah, some things I know were just like really hard to find. Yeah, like, yeah, unless, you're in another, unless you had, unless you had sort of you knew of a shop that did all the American stuff. It a lot of kids in my age, you know, we'd go to the go to the the store in the corner, and they would have the newspapers and magazines, and the only comic books they would have would be like the kids kids stuff. Um, and 2000 yeah. AD was not. I mean, it is kids adventures comic, but it wasn't. No, I mean, yeah. clearly not. Now that you've read some, you're like, oh shit, yeah. that's. <laughs> yeah, it used to be Billy Connolly always used to do a, a joke. I can't remember the full joke, but basically, you go into a news agent's and it would be wild. You would have the, you know, you'd have all your your newspapers, then you'd have your mag magazines, then you'd have Beano Dandy and the Bear Ass Monthly, and that would be it. <laughs> well. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, and now here we are all these years later inflicting yes. this on you. So you coming in cold, knowing what you know, I mean, you've read some indie comics because I've made you, you, yeah. you read, you read, I mean, you're like, you keep saying like, you keep saying you're my friend, Tony, but now you're saying read <laughs> fucking Cowboy Ninja Viking and now read <laughs> Death Curse Superhero. So maybe, I mean, no. So wait, let me, like, Paul, what's your favorite thing you've read so far in comic wise? Oh, God. Is it, is it uh, this? I'm going to guess no. I don't think this is going to be my favorite. At least top five. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe it would be somewhere in there. It would be between the top was, and the bottom. It's it was exactly. a comic. It was a comic. Exactly, that yeah. just definitely yeah. was a comic. Uh, but no, I have to say, like, the the art design of it the way it's done it's very much it does bring me back to those early days when i was reading like the early comics like because obviously the beano but that's been going on for god knows how long and i have some issues from before i was born um and it, it does remind me of all those the sort of things that i would read over and over again the art style is very similar especially the first issue the second issue you can tell that he's trying to get a bit more you know professional looking as it were um, but yeah, especially that first one is, even though it's not something I've read before, it did bring a certain amount of nostalgia with it. Is it, and again, that's interesting. So because it, because it is, it's in a time, I mean, you, so you weren't even born when this was made, but because you're like, you're, you know, you, so you come of age in the nineties, which is, you know, you're always still living a decade behind, like until mm. you become a teenager, your life is what happened before you like the music you like when you're little is the music your parents like your older siblings like or you've got a cousin who's into Fleetwood Mac or whatever you know what I mean like whatever you're into is older than you and then until you get to be a teenager so that does make sense that there is that sense of of place here mm. because and it is true that um you know th th it is just clearly a hand-drawn it has very comic strippy more than it is even a comic book right it's got that vibe yeah, definitely. It's it's a bit more. Yeah, it's almost you would expect it to run in a newspaper or something. Kids, something kids shouldn't read. I mean, it, they no, they yeah. go out of their way to not swear though, which is funny. I found yeah. that interesting, right? Because now, in our day and age, right, Paul, um, we read you and I've read Hard Boiled, which again I learned Heath gave me that I got Hard Boiled from Heath, which I then inflicted upon you. So this is all full circle. Was that your first time on? No, I, that was no, that was Chalmers read Hard Boiled. Right, I never but I got it boiled. from you though. 
So, but then, Paul, was that your first time on here when I made you read Hardboiled? Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, that was my first time. So, look at it, it all comes. It all I, comes didn't, I didn't read it until like three years ago and it traumatized me. I'm like, what the oh, hell? Oh, it was Chalmers. I thought oh it was you. God. Okay. Anyway, so oh obviously that's a different art style <laughs> than this, right, Paul? Yeah. Um, that's... Where you can see the detailed wrinkle on the candy wrapper in that. Yeah, that's highly detailed. Spent a lot of time over every single little inch of it. <laughs> that's um, Jeff Darrow, right? That's Jeff Darrow does the art in Hardboiled, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because Frank wrote it. He didn't know. Yeah, he, did, yeah, yeah. he did Hardboiled. He did like um, what Rusty the Robot and the Big Guy with, with Frank was with them and that. And then he did The Matrix. He did all the storyboards for The Matrix, like oh, three nice. movies. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's what awesome. that's what Guy Guy Davis from Baker Street does. A lot of guys go from comics to storyboarding and they come back. But um, I, I will say this. It's a better written first issue than Spawn. And parts of it reminded <laughs> me of Spawn number one. Oh, wow. Take that, Todd. No, it is true. Because there was a whole violator thing in the background, and you've got this guy in the background who's kind of pulling the strings. Um, yeah, the art style is kind of all over the place, but it's um, – You it can tell reminds... this is hand-drawn, right? I mean, that's the big difference is that, like, comics we read now, very few comics – I mean, they're hand-drawn. I'm not trying to pretend – I'm not saying this is AI, but, like, this is drawn on paper. And then photocopy, <laughs> one, yeah. right? You know it's, what it's, almost, it's, it's like a step up from Michael's uh, mimeographed uh, fanzines we used to get, like yeah. Orbit or whatnot. Right. But no, it's uh, if you look at the first Turtles issue, the very, very first Teenage Ninja Turtles issue, this this art is better than that. Like the turtles are so crude, and you'll see them in toys and stuff from those first incarnations. But the difference, it's it's very similar too because the. The turtles didn't become violent, not violent until the cartoon happened with Dalmatian. The turtles were really, really jacked up, like ultraviolet, violent, not violet, violent uh, comics. And then image comics with Spawn and everything just kind of emulated that. It was, it was very dark in the 90s, so it's a whole other story. But still, it started in the 80s, and it started with the turtles, and it was like they didn't have the comics code authority because in the 50s, the, the comics code authority was basically by – uh, it's a long story, but basically it's like a standards and practices for comics for years. And t almost to the two, 2000s where Joe Quesada was like, why are we still doing this? So all these things they couldn't do. And then they, you're independent comic. You're just like an independent magazine. You don't have to adhere to any of those things. So the Turtles was like, you know, again, one of those things that's like very fast. So th this might have just been him saying, I'm going to try this. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe it'll strike. But it is better than Spawn 1. I'm just saying. Sorry, Todd. I love you. But <laughs> there's a reason why he went to Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, and everybody for the, for the ones after that. And Frank Miller. See, everything comes back to Frank Miller. I'm telling you. Good God. Well, there is a Daredevil joke in, in the second issue. There too, is. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, there's, and this guy, and Chance, looks just like Wolverine. He's got the Wolverine hair. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it, and it's not, it's not like it's ripping off a character it's 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 like a homage you know more i think than it is uh yeah there's an electra a definitely electra homage in oh, there too uh, clearly yeah so so paul as the person who's <laughs> reading it for the first time and now we're you know good this is good podcasting out of me we're 20 minutes in tell everybody what the fuck this book is what is what is what's a brief Log line <laughs> summary of what Death Crazy Teen Superheroes issues one and two, the only two issues in existence. What is what the fuck is it? 
well, it's basically about a bunch of school kids that go poof and then suddenly they're superheroes and they don't know what's happened. Which is great because it kind of runs the line slightly between that old style, uh, this is a superhero, deal with it. And the more modern, we're going to spend five issues telling you what happened. It, it's given you enough information that you can, you, you know why they're there and you know that if this were to go on, this would be some sort of ongoing story about them finding out. Um, but otherwise, it's they are superheroes, deal with it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and right, and there's they're three... not really yeah, happy go, about sorry. being superheroes. They're somewhat reluctant. And they're three like, school kids who all have different crazy personalities. And this is what happens when you turn school kids into superheroes. That's so it, exactly. That's so it. essentially, said. the end of the second issue is... They're trapped in this girl's mind, right? Is that what I'm getting? The the girl from inside but, Amy. But they are they in an alternate? This is the, the questions I have for this guy. <laughs> the are they in, are they in an, are they an alternate world? Did they time travel into the future? Are they in? Are they all just in this girl's mind in their classroom and they're not really anything? I mean, there's so many different questions I have. I feel like we're in the we're we're in the second issue, and this is at least a four or six issue storyline, and we're never gonna know what it is. It's been 30, 36 years, thirty seven years, <laughs> and we're finally gonna uh, thirty seven years. Gonna ask the big question is what happens. I was gonna track. Did you try to track this guy down? I was he gonna track him down. And like, yeah, he lives hey, in Dayton. I'm sure we can find him. Yeah. Thirty seven years ago, you wrote this comic. What the fuck happened at the end of this? <laughs> what does it mean? Yeah, we can try to find out. Well, that is a, that is a big question. So there's there's Chase, there's Chris, and there's Jenny. So Chase is uh, there. As Paul said, they're in school. What's interesting about this too is they're younger than they are. So like they're te they're teenage superheroes, but like they're 13 when it happens, which is an interesting take. And then the whatever crazy poof thing happens, right? Magic vortex thing that was yeah, clearly screaming and yeah they're screaming and somebody gets death. cut in half when he jumps out a window it's clearly supposed to happen the they are they are chosen to be experimental kids and again i'm gonna be me before the show is over and i'm gonna argue that there's some layers to this book and so just buckle up for a second but anyway they're teenagers they're 13 we learned that jenny who's like looks designed to look just like electra so in your mind's eye imagine what electra looks like except you know that's her. She's got Electra's body. She's got Electra's um, tools. She's got Electra's skills. Um, but she even says, I was 87 pounds and haven't even gone through puberty yet. Hadn't even had my period. And then I woke up and I look like this. And like all of these things. So, so they're literally pushed through adolescence, through puberty into like adulthood. So they're like these kids in an adult's body. Um, with all these powers, but still have the mindset of being like 13. And you know, the difference between, as we all know, having been those ages, the difference between 13 and 17 is huge. Like there's it's like the hugest swing, like t the fact that 13 and 17 are both considered teenagers. And in some places they're in the same high school building. That's never okay. Um, and so, but it, it happens all the time. So um, anyway, so that is, so these are our characters and they are, like you said, Paul, they've got these really specific, unique personalities. So do you think, so here's my big question. Here's the big moment where I'm going to say this is layered. This is not only a comment on X-Men, but a commentary on like the way we grow up and what we do. Like this is the 86. So it's like, you know, now we could look at it. And of course I can't help but look at it through the modern lens, but like, are we commenting on, or did you, did you see any comment on like the way that 
we the way character teenagers are portrayed in other media? Is it a comment on that, or is it a comment on the way we treat teenagers in general? Thoughts open to the floor. <laughs> Too much? Am I like no? It's just a dumb comic book about a, a shooty shooties. No, I think, I think it, does it might say... be. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, it does say something about um, you know the teenage experience and how. I mean, like you say, at the end of it, is are we stuck in her mind? Is is there something here about you know the what's going on in each of their minds and how they portray themselves and each other and the crazy things that as kids we think about ourselves and how wonderful, amazing, and indestructible we are. Um, I think it is saying something about that. What exactly he was sort of <laughs> building up to, I'm not sure, but there's something in there. But what about the text pieces? What did you think about the prose pieces on each of the characters? Did that give you any more? Did you read those or get any more enlightenment on it? Because they, they're not talking like teenagers. They're not. They're not. The, yeah, at the, the, the end, of, not, at the end not, of issue one, what, what happens? You could, if... you could dig another layer and say that it was just <laughs> that that when they changed, they they're mentally they're thinking more older but i don't know that might be a bit of a stretch no i love a stretch did you read those paul <laughs> the, at the end of issue one there were three little short yeah, I read, stories i read them the first time around i didn't yeah, yeah. really read them i'm not gonna lie That's so fine. chance chance <laughs> is like uh just his body is just not normal like he's was he his gun chance's gun is his gun part of him and there's that line in there where he's like i wish i could take that off like he thinks it'd be so cool i mean i feel like there's this weird wish fulfillment and he's thing seen, but he's seeing faces too and it's like that's not explained you know it reminds me of the dungeons and dragons cartoon of the 80s i don't know if either one of you had, had i mean i saw it, bits and pieces of it's it. basically they go into a, a they go into a, a merry or a, a ride at a theme park and turn into and go into the Dungeons and Dragons world, and you got the little dungeon master. Um, but yeah, it was it's just, it's just kind of like transforming. Or there was um, Joel Rosenberg had a really good series called um, I can't remember the name of it now. But it was basically D and D group gets transported into the D and D world at the height of like the D and D that 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 time. But um, it kind of reminds me of that where it's kind of like, but they but they're not creating their characters; they're just becoming this. Well, so that's what the makes, question, though. See, what, what, though? But the, the other question is, like, if it's wish fulfillment, is this because why are they picked? Why are some people disintegrating? Why are some people – or are they disintegrating? Like, where is the girl in the – the Amy? Was that the name of the girl in the yeah, coma? Yeah, she's there. Yeah. She's sitting next to Chris in the flashback. In, in the flash, But in the – when it happened, okay, yeah. So <laughs> – Look at that layers. It's a it's a deep, deep cut. If no. we had the if we had the creator, he'd be like, "Damn!" Ah. I is, think you guys are just crazy. I just thought he looked like Wolverine, and it was cool. I, I was thought it was cool. up as I went along. I thought it was cool that you could put your hand through Chris's body. <laughs> That's probably the coolest cool. part of the whole fucking comic. I'm not lying. <laughs> like even the. Even the Amy chick's like, well, that's pretty cool. She's not like freaked out. She doesn't yeah. run away. Chris, she's like, one of Chris's hey, cool, powers cool. is that he's got a stripe that looks like a bandolier, but it's actually it's never he's cut in half. <laughs> but yet he he's stays like, together. Do you think in a future issue he could like throw his arm off and it would like come around like a boomerang? Like he could dissociate from his body? How do you think it's that functional? He would just lop <laughs> off. I'm looking at the panel right now. Yeah, oh my just God. Kind of fall apart. <laughs> 
Well, it's, it's, no Grant, it's no Grant Morrison, man. It's no Mr. Nobody from, you know, Doom Patrol or anything. I mean, no, no, no. But, <laughs> but, is this, but is this the – because it's called Death Craze Teenage Superheroes. Like, they're crazy, right? It says right in their titles. and like. But Chance is the only one who's really the Death Craze Teenage Superhero because he's the one who can't control it. And, and it's like – it literally – it reminds me when I wrote that comic story where I was just going to throw so much story at it. But I didn't just throw everything into, you know, 40 pages of just – it's literally like he's just throwing ideas at it and just changing <laughs> it. And then you got the little people that he explains. Are, oh, my God, the Lilliputians. What did you think about the brownie showing up, Paul? Did you think you were on drugs? Had you eaten uh, yeah, the pot brownie? It, it, the, the first issue very much sets up this idea that there is this one sort of villain, as it were. Yeah. And then suddenly issue two comes along and it sets up a different villain. And then it comes up with these characters. And then the Amy thing ends it all. And then it's like, why? Just to, to tie, <laughs> to tie all of them together. I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure it was in there somewhere, but that was like issue 20 or something. Uh, currently we have three villains, a group of little people and a dragon. A dragon at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So it does. So what I'm hearing from you, Paul is, you wouldn't understand why I wanted to make you read this. <laughs> I guess, no, I guess I... my, the big question, right. Is, is like, this is what independent, this is like what indie art was like you were yeah. taking a swing, you know? So did it swing and miss for you? Did you, I mean, if, if there was an issue three, would you read it or would you be like, I just don't care. There's too many, like as Heath was saying, every idea that Jim Erskine ever had, he put in one in issue two, and that's it. Is that a mistake? But, but it's not the worst thing I've ever read. It's, that's what I'm saying too. There's like there's enough story there that like, just maybe if he had an editor, he could have like <laughs> fine tuned it. But for a guy creating it out of his basically his basement, like it's not that it's not that bad. I mean, I've like I said, I've met people at cons that have. You know, a lot more, a lot more primitive stuff. So the storytelling's there. It's just, you know, we're never gonna know how it's gonna be. I mean, the turtles is the same way. It was like they're just making the stuff. You know, I saw a documentary on them, and they were like, "Yeah, we're just making it." You know, does this look cool? Like they were just amusing themselves. <laughs> does this look cool? Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think, Paul? Too much and too little? Is it? Is it? Uh... I don't know. Again, outsider perspective. Because again, we're like, when we're reading this, we're like up to our elbows in comics. Like this is, this is what we did. Like we yeah. read, we wrote, we were nerds. Like we were full nerds. Like this was total, like every, you know, in every 80s teen movie, we're then dweebs. That's us. So like we're in, we're here. This is singing our song. You are an adult man are. reading it for the first time. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are your thoughts? I don't want to put words in my mouth. So what do you no, think? I, like, does it work, not work? I think for the most part, it does work. There are a lot of ideas in here that could have probably been stretched out a little bit. Um, and, you know, as I say, maybe down the line, it all would have tied together and it all would have made sense. It There's, there are, I agree. There are a lot of good ideas here. There's a lot of good stuff. But there's just a lot of it. If there were multiple issues that had come out after this, I would read them. And if he announced tomorrow, oh, you know, I've decided to, to issue three, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, great. I'm, I'm going to read it. Um, yeah, as you say, I, 
he just needed an editor possibly just to tighten it up a bit and to say this needs to be stretched out a bit you don't need to go from one villain in issue one to suddenly issue two throw in another 10 um it there are a lot of good things here and it, it's enough that it would make me want to read more and then i can't no you can't i know <laughs> this is what it's been like for us for 30 years <laughs> We you still have 30 we years st of building the story yourself. <laughs> we could have, though, I suppose, right? I mean, yeah. I'm assuming if we were like, Mr. Erskine, we're going to do Death Christian Superheroes 3. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he, I'm sure he'd be like, yeah, okay. It's, um, yeah, there's, there's only, there's nobody I know. I mean, we're the only, now you're the third person I know, Paul, who's ever read this book. But obviously, as you can read from the letter pages in the back, as far away as Anchorage, Alaska, people were like digging, digging his shit, which I find that fascinating. So who is your, of the three of them, guys, this is a big question. Who is, if you were one of the Desecrated Teen Superheroes, to whom do you most relate? Chris, who's trying to be a Boy Scout, but clearly doesn't know how to be. Chance, who just as clearly got some shit going on or um would you be in a noir uh mystery like jen who who are you who do you who do you relate to the most yeah i would be in the mystery I'd you'd be in jen's story what the hell is going on what the hell is going on she yeah. seems reasonable right yeah all things being relative yeah i mean because she's not she she gets mad at them because there's like a, there's a scene where they're like uh, they're doing all this damage, right? There there's this commentary on like the superhero yeah. world building the world damage, which I which I you know they finally try to address in in you know Batman versus Superman that whole idea of like at the end of Man of Steel you literally destroyed an entire town, an entire city, and killed there somebody was in there like just you know heating up a microwave burrito and you threw um, Zod through the break room. You asshole. Like, let's deal with that. And this book in 1986 deals with that. I think in a really interesting, funny way. But yeah, Jen's story is that she thinks it's actually been years that has passed. They only think it's been four months. But mm. like her house doesn't exist. Her family doesn't exist. There was a mall where her house used to be. And in that little tech story at the end, it's like she's even in a trench coat. Like she's in a detective story. Like she's in a different story from them, which again is also part of the problem here. Like all of the <laughs> ideas can't be in here all at once. Like have it be a mystery or have it be a commentary on the X-Men or have it be something, but like trying to do it all. So you you dig Jen the most, Paul. You You relate to her trying to figure it out. Yeah, I would. I guess I would be trying to figure it out rather than just going um, and deciding to beat lots of people up and just for the fun crime. of it. Yeah, because they're definitely causing more crime than they're stopping. Yeah, yeah. They they say they're doing good. Uh, not so much. Yeah, or at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Heath? Who's your? Who do you relate to? Uh, I have to agree. I like you know. I like the hard boiled stuff and. She seems the one, the one that's like the most interesting. Like Chance doesn't really care as long as he gets to destroy stuff. Hmm. And then the other, uh, what's the other guy's name? Chris. Chris. He, uh, yeah, his character's kind of not, not really, not really fleshed out as much. And he's cut in half. And he's got, and he's got, a, and he's cut in half. So <laughs> he's, he's really not. <laughs> but oh the cover, God. listen. 
This is what drew me to it, okay? <laughs> the cover of issue one, it's red for those of you who are, obviously this is a podcast, but it's a red, it's the only color is the background of of this. Chance has got red eyes and it says Death Craze Tune of Superheroes and it says, hi kids, wanna play? And I saw that. And I'll be honest, I'm sure the fact that it was from <laughs> RFRF Comics, that didn't, that didn't hurt because those are my initials. I was like, oh, look. But that cover is like... I'm if you're an id, if you're a teenage id, that is the book for you, right? You're just like, yes, I want that. I want to know what that is. And that's what made me pick it up. And so the he was smart to put chance on the cover of both. Hmm. Chance is on the other one. The second issue, by the way, everybody's called Death Craze Teenage Superheroes Die, which spoiler alert, they don't. Um, <laughs> but it does make it seem like it's gonna be the end, like I just made two books, but no, it doesn't. And that is definitely the like that's a John Carter of Mars cover a little bit. Right, where he's trying a little bit with the way that, that Jen is like all lean back in her bad electra suit with her, you know, crotch, you know, those those 1980s things that they put the female superheroes in where they're, it's all crotch. Like, like a Frazetta yeah. cover? Yeah, it it's seems just very a loin club. But I feel um, like for me, Chance was the selling point when I was a kid and rereading it again. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys. Like you want to be like Jen and you're like, Oh, I want to figure it out, whatever. But like, to me, it's Chance's story. Like he is, he's the commentary on you, the geek who's buying this book. He knew to put him on the cover. He looks cool as fuck. His gun is attached to him. I mean, Commando was coming out at this time. Like when you think about like the bad action movies that were existing, this is such a, to me as an adult, why did I like this book? Why did I seek out issue two after I bought issue one? It's because it was like, this is just like everything. If I were a 13 year old given chances powers, that's probably what I would do. It's the same thing with like the Wolverine mini series or Wolverine man. Wolverine was everywhere because it was like, he's the guy who's going to do all the dirty business. He's the, the dirty Harry of the Marvel universe. It's, um, but yeah, I mean, I haven't read this. The only thing I remember from this comic in 30 years, because I usually remember comics that I, more than other stuff, of course, but um, it was the cockroaches. The cock, <laughs> him covered in the cockroach. That was the one image of him covered in the cockroach guts that was like, and I think that was it. I was like, what the hell is this? And then I got to that and I'm like, all right, that's pretty funny. And then the little people in the next issue. So I know I, I do remember the second issue not being as good because it, it feels like a completely different tone so it's yeah it doesn't even know. seem like it's in the same universe right it's like now these characters no. are somewhere else but does that is that part of the good storytelling and because it ends we don't know like like you said it's like issue one is like you mentioned paul it's the drawing is even like he's like he's almost trying harder but the second issue with his art so the story suffers a little yeah yeah it's almost like he the second he realized that you know people were liking the first one and then decided that he needed to up his game and in the second one and bring more stuff in and try a bit harder and but in doing so there's almost like too much it it loses some of the charm of it yeah it does so the now, big are, no are we yes. sure are we sure that there's no more issues i've looked i mean how much years. how much do you know about i mean I'm putting it in Google and it's like the first time anybody's ever Googled this before. There's like, there's no suggestions like, or you, anything. I don't even know what you're saying. Like, are you making this up? Are we all trapped in Amy's mind? Is this entire podcast happening inside Amy's mind? Cause to me, Amy is, is the, I love the Amy idea at the end. I think hmm. 
this is what art is to me. So this is like, this is a bit like rereading this and coming back around and having this and doing this show. And I know we're just getting our sea legs and figuring out what the show is going to be. And we didn't do a practice run. And again, we're on a time crunch because of our, of our lives. But like, this is very inspiring to me. I'm inspired to do something creative. This does not succeed. This is not a successful book. There's a reason there's only two issues, right? Keith can't even find it in Google. Google's like, I'm sorry, did you mean? No, it, it's, it's coming up, but only those two issues. Yeah, I've um, looked before. It's, it's just like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't think it's. You'd have to get a hold of him. I don't know if he's done anything else either. No, I think I really do think he's like some sort of consultant guy in like Akron, Ohio, or Dayton. Nice. He lives in Ohio. Like I've looked him up before years ago. So I mean, he could have changed. He could. We'll find out. But between now, oh, wait. you there's found a him. Two and a, there's a two and a half. Oh, Death Grace Teenage Superheroes two and a half. Wow. And it's got Chance in the covers that uh, I want to see Gore and I want it right now. It looks like it's an, a 30 cent ash can, I think it is. It's from 1987. So the next it's year. Four and a quarter by five and a quarter mini. What the heck? Well, obviously, we need that. Obviously, we need that. Internet, help us get that. Yes. We need what that is... sent to us. Paul wants to know more. Paul wants I more. It, it, it was a mini comic. It's like a mini, mini comic history archive. Like, that's a deep, deep, deep cut yeah. in comics. That's like we, these, we, they would like part we of you get them as cereal. Yeah, boxes. we would be in called front of ash cans. For some reason, they're called ash cans, and I don't know why. Yeah, but like, like, like we had a friend, a guy we went to school with, like acquaintance more than a friend. <laughs> Although Hickok and and Tony yeah, yeah. used to have these yeah, yeah. these epic tennis matches that I want to like recreate in film, man. I only like, won one time. And like he got I want, so I, mad, he broke I'm like, if I if I ever, I swear to God, if I ever get like a few money, I'm flying you guys in from the country to, to play, make us play like, that. Okay, like at Wimbledon or some shit. Like if I ever had a <laughs> few money, I'm gonna fly these two guys in to play because Hickok <laughs> would just like throw his racket and shit, and it was literally at the high school tennis match. It, tennis, it was awesome. I would just sit there, pop, you know chain smoke but i would get like popcorn now and like some bourbon and just have you guys do a full fucking match man it was oh bad. my god we i don't that. remember how many times i felt like it was like once but it felt like it was like three or four times that you guys did that oh, i yeah. know that it was it was at least twice it was like oh, every summer oh, we played all the time yeah anyway many comics time many comics were like ash cans so they would have like a zero issue and a lot of times publishers would uh, indie publishers would put them out and they were just a couple bucks so that's that so would be a, like you know like a, free comic book day is now, Paul. Hmm. You know how like you go free comic book day and it's like yeah. issues here and it's like half a thing and it'll it'll start a story but you don't need it to start a story. So these they used to do them and I remember getting some of them like Archie and a few other like you know like Charlton type comics like literally you'd buy a box of cereal like honeycomb i remember we'd have them and the entire because we didn't care about the environment then we still don't but the entire cereal box would be wrapped in plastic wrap so they mm. could put this comic book not in it but on the outside of it and then you'd they, tear the plastic off and then you'd they get do that. it they, it was in plastic too there was one a couple years ago in the cereal here uh dc did one I remember I was They're like, like oh. fuck you environment. Here's here. We're, we're taping this comic book. So anyway, so here's the, but this is the thing. So as, as again, we're, as we're coming to the end of our, of our first crash course comics, Paul, do you feel inspired to make art? Do you, did, did death crates superheroes <laughs> show you that, that 
is it is it I know it's not good. It's not the best comic you've ever read. It's not going to be the Joe Hill comic that we did. Right. It's not that. Um, But is there is there merit there? Are you going to turn us down when we send you issues of the Badger next? You're going to be like, I don't want to do this again. That sucked. Are you like, no, this is interesting to see how indie comics from the 80s and 90s existed, because that's kind of what we're trying to do. It's like dig into our childhood, share it with you. But from the adult perspective of like, no, you guys, this was bad. You were wrong to like this. So are you interested in this? You said you'd read issue three, which I love. Yeah. Does it yeah, make I, you want to create art? Do you think Jim was was fooling himself? Or are you like, if you if you were Jim, you'd be proud? Yeah, I think this is a piece of work to be proud of. That It went across the country. Lots of people read it. The, the fact that you've got however many people writing letters in for issue two, I mean, only a small percentage of all the readers will send a letter in. So it's obviously reached a decent-ish amount of people. I mean, to be fair, it's probably reached more people than some of the, the single issues do these days. Um, That's for sure. And he's done it himself. And there is, you know, yeah, there's definitely merit to it. He's, he's created a... The art is good, especially when you compare it to other things at the time, like he said, you know, there is a lot of merit here. There is a lot of potential here. If this was something that got picked up by, by a big publisher and he got an editor and they said, let's tweak it slightly. Where, where are you going with this? <laughs> give me, give me what and issues three and four will look like. <laughs> yeah. And then let's work something out. Um, yeah. I mean, this is the sort of thing. If you gave it to someone these days and said, one person created all of this, here is, here is some drawing software for your laptop. Here is the internet. Go create something. Yeah, that's well said. And I wish, I, so the hope is people will hunt this down. Um, we, I have a way to get you a shitty copy if you're interested, the <laughs> internet. Let me know. You can app at arfarina.com. I have a contact me. So if you are interested in getting your hands on a copy of Death Gracing Superheroes, please go there and reach out to me. I will happily share share it with you. Um, I think what Paul said is true. I will, Paul, thanks for doing this. Again, Thank you. poorly organized on my part. I'm, it always takes me a couple of times. If you go back and listen to my first couple of episodes of Indie Comic Spotlight and and of uh, of Seasons Greetings when when Jack and I first started that, not always sure. Take, by next next issue, next episode, I'll have a better sense of, of what we're doing. Um, Keith, are you glad you went back and read Death Crisis and Superheroes? Yeah, it was a blast from the past. I mean, back then it was like we just trusted each other and we would just say, here, take this. And, you know, whether we were, we all, we all had different tastes, but we all kind of overlapped on a lot of stuff. So it was really cool. It was a real cool time to sample anything. I mean, that's how I got into Baker Street, which led to, you know, Love and Guy Davis, just because I was like, oh, that looks like a cool cover. You know, I feel like that's been lost in this day and age. It's um, totally true. And it's like and, 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 a, and the death of comicsology is part of the problem, right? Because there were people who were putting out and again, you know, fuck Amazon. We all are part of the corporate structure. But like when Amazon bought comicsology, you know, they're slowly killing it. And there is a place on comicsology for people to make indie comics and just put them up there. Digital comics, like you said, Paul, here's some art. Here's the internet. Put it out there. And it was a way to reach mass distribution. You could sell an indie comic on there for a buck if you wanted a digital comic. And that is going away. And it's sad because it almost feels like 
this cool, interesting stuff where you just, and Paul is us now. Heath, we're saying, Paul, trust us. He said yes to this. Sight unseen. We didn't give him this in advance. He said yes before we shared this with him. Oh, like back, like, kind of crazy. But like back in the, <laughs> back in the nineties, you had like, and you still do now you have like the big two, but image is kind of pushed forward to be yeah. like a, a, where everything cool is. But image is kind of like the, cause they have us they're, they're the way they do their, uh, it's like 70, 30. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So it's like image gets 30 and then the creator gets 70. So if it sells really well, you're going to make a ton of money like spawn. And if it doesn't sell well, then you're never going to hear from it. That's why a lot of image comics are just a couple of issues, but like, yeah, it was like this, this time period in the, uh, where we would just go to cons. We started going to cons too. It was like, yeah. I, I remember having like horrible interactions with people who were just like, thought that they were the biggest stuff in comics. And I would just go to the, talk to the independent people and it was just, it was just awesome because it was, there's no rules. They're just putting out this stuff. It's very like DIY punk rock in a lot of ways. Cause there's no, that, unless something was like, uh, what was the name of that comic that was so controversial? There's been a couple that are pretty controversial just cause they were so violent. Like uh, Faust, I think was one that was like very controversial or uh, Glenn Danzig had a, from uh, Misfits. Shocking. Had a bunch of Glenn comments. Danzig was controversial. Verotic, Ver- 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 they were called. Yeah, so there's some out there that were they're just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is our new journey, lads. And I appreciate you both for doing this with me. And again, thanks for listening, everybody. We're trying to make it make sense as we go. And maybe now we'll listen back and be like, hey, Tony, have a plan next time. Or I would like to say this for the next one. Whatever. Next what's, one, we'll uh, have whatever we do next, whether it's Badger or Baker Street, uh, there'll be more than two issues. That will also help to have an entire story arc. But I thought, do, do you have what do you have in mind? What, what do you have in mind for next? I, either time. Badger or Baker Street. I thought Badger at first. I think Badger Shattered Mirror miniseries. Okay. That was the first one I read, and okay. it's it's really Jill Thompson did the art. Okay, so Badger but, is a if you want to talk about the ultimate Wolverine knockoff, Mike Barron's Badger. That is what we'll do next, Paul. So we'll find it if we can't find it for you. He's looking at it. The look yeah. on Paul's face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a guy. It's about a well. We won't even listen. Mike Barron's Badger. Uh, which one you said you want to do? Shatter, shattered image. Shattered mirrors. Shattered mirrors. The miniseries. So we'll find that. That'll be in a couple of months from now. Here on this. So, um, anything to plug, Mister Dumac, Mister well, Super Dummy. Just, anything to plug? First of all. Google Badger comic and just marvel <laughs> at the images that will come up. Amazing, um, right? That is what is in store. Uh, my main thing at the minute is the Pop Culture Collective, so pccnewsletter.com, where you can hear from lots of lovely, amazing um, creators who do wonderful things. And I heard you read a short story recently on the Sonic Salon. I did. I did. Written by some wonderful person. Huh. Ben um, Folds. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, inspired by Ben Folds. Thank you for doing yeah. that, by the way. I think it came out really yeah, well. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, Sonic Salon, Pop Culture Collective. That's about it. Superdummy.co.uk. I was, I was a guest on a podcast yesterday, the other day, and I mentioned you. Oh, so I'm you. sending traffic. Yeah, it'll come out next week, but I'm yeah. sending. They're like, if people are interested in learning about comic books, where would they start? Oh, that's very kind of you. Yeah, you. Thank you Superdummy.co.uk. I think I screwed it up that time, but I I, I fixed it. So hopefully they'll edit it. Heath, what do you got going on, man? We're going to finish in city. What else? What else you got? Uh, we're finishing Sin city. Uh, we got the essay collection coming out sometime. 
uh, which is comics as literature, which is now a series, right? Yeah, yeah it'll be and, a series. And yeah. uh, I'm writing a radio play, and it's very hard, but it's, I love it. And uh, That's four sonics uh, a lot. Yeah, I guess Daisy Jones and the Six kind of beat me by like five years, but um, it's basically going to be if uh, there was a glam group in the early night or the late, like what if there was a major glam movement in uh, middle America in the 2000s? And this is a band. Um, yeah. So Tone and I kind of uh, co-created it and it was going to be a comic and then it was going to be a novel and then now it's a radio play. So I'll probably be recruiting everybody and every network for parts. Yeah. Paul. So hopefully everybody in the, the Sonic Salon can uh, contribute. So I think that would be a really cool group project if I ever get it done. But I will get it done. And it done. Um, uh, yeah, the comic, the comic. Uh, yeah, and that Critistic Comics. I'm talking to Julian about that uh, soon. So that'll get that'll get finished up soon. So yeah, we've got stuff, man. ARFarina.com is where you can get my stuff. And you can, if you would like a copy of Death Crazy Teen Superheroes, and after our talk, why wouldn't you? Uh, let me know, and I will hook you up. And Guys, your book. Your book, book. Don't your yes. book. Yes, you can <laughs> order a my book. Welcome novelist to alert. <laughs> I'm a novelist, and my book is yeah, out. You, you, get it there you can get your you can get his book anywhere, right? Like yeah, Amazon, any book anywhere in Barnes the world. I mean, you can get it. Actually, you know, it was funny. It was available on Amazon in the UK before it was available on Amazon yeah. here. Speaking yes. of Amazon, Paul was the one who's like, <laughs> I can get it, and everybody else in America was like, I can't get it. Nice. Yeah. So yes, thank you for that. I'm bad at that, but anyway. Lots of stuff coming up here on the Indie Comics Spotlight, uh, Comics in Motion universe. The ADHD cast on Thursdays. This is part of the new staple in the ADHD cast. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you soon. We went to the amusement park. It was a bright, sunshiny day. We went on all the rides, and then we died. We went in the fun house. Charles Manson was there. He was our guide, and then we died. It was a beautiful day in the amusement park. Not a cloud in the sky, and then we died. We went on the Dodger cars. They were going 87 MPH. They did collide, and then we died. We went on the sky ride. We thought we could fly. Give it a try, and then we died. It was a beautiful day in the amusement park. Not a cloud in the sky, and then we died. Jeffrey Dahmer, all you can eat taco stand Ask him what you got for dinner He said it just arrived And then we died We went on the roller coaster It got off track We flew through the sky And then we died And then we died And then we died